All right. Welcome to the Rugged Souls podcast. My name is Hunter and my co-host, my wonderful wife, Delaney. So what is Rugged Souls podcast? Well, that starts with what the definition of rugged is. Rugged is a broken, uneven surface, having or requiring toughness or determination, strongly made, capable of withstanding rough handling. So that is what this podcast is for. All the rugged souls that are out there with people who have uneven surfaces that they think that they can't do something. And uh, we hope to be the embodiment to those people and show them that they can, or at least try to tell them. All right, so on this episode, we're going to discuss um, the previous race we just did yesterday, the uh, Swamp Eight, right? The, swamp- the Skunk Cape. Oh, the Skunk Cape, excuse me. The Skunk Cape 60K and then the uh, 30K that you've done. But before we get into that, you want to kind of give an introduction to yourself? I'm Delaney, and I'm so excited for this podcast and see where it goes from here. So, number one, how did the how did the skunk ape even like start on our radar? Who was he, or how do we? I think we were sitting. I was sitting in class with my friends that also brought and they were going to sign up for uh ultra and i had seen i'd seen previously their night run i think they do like a 30k night run and it's kind of more like a low-key race it's not like one of the big sponsored ones so i was like that'd be a perfect one for us to start with and so when i got home i told you i was like i think i would have signed up for it with them but i was originally going to do the 30k but everyone else was signing up for the 60K, including you, and you're like, well, if we train, we could probably get you to get to the 60K mark. But I think that was back in, I want to say August or September. I don't even think it was. Okay. We were back in school, so I think it was it was early in school because it was before my surgery that in November that we signed up for it. So, yeah, early November maybe that we decided and the race obviously was second week of February so we only had a few months yeah we didn't really account for the uh, the holiday no so holidays for us are hard because of how far we have to travel and we didn't even seriously start training until what December Man. Or honestly, after Christmas. I mean, in my honest opinion, after yesterday itself, I'm uh, probably saying we didn't seriously <laughs> train at all. I mean, Not for 30, what, 37 miles? No. We probably trained up to maybe a marathon distance, if that. So. I think, mar- well, a marathon on the road. Yeah. What's the word? Because that, that, that entire course was difficult. So, but maybe let's talk about what we did kind of to train or what we thought would be training for the race. So, I think we seriously wrote down our training in January. We started at the beginning of January. Yeah. You kind of wrote out 
or workouts to try to stick to. I think the only problem with that was we weren't sustaining the miles that we should have been in order to prepare for it. Because I think that was you know, the biggest thing with it is not having enough actual miles on our feet. Like, yeah, we had the miles, but it wasn't in the right, it wasn't in the right track. Well, then some weeks you were busier than others. So one week we would like barely run. And then the next week we do a 40 mile week and it was too much too fast. I mean, we tried to load training for 36 miles into a month, which you are a good runner to begin with. Like you can run, but I was starting at like three miles was hard for me. And I was going to try in one month to go from a three mile mark all the way to be able to run 37 miles. That's a crazy thing, though, that I thought about yesterday is like, you think you're a good runner until you get into something like that. And then you see those guys out there and those women out mm-hmm. there and that humbles you quick. Yeah. Because you're like, dude, these these are freaking animals. Out here. Like. And way older. I mean, some 40 years older than us out yeah. there. I mean, just running right past us on the trail. So, I mean, it comes with experience, too. Like, we never run on a trail. Like, we went on one trail run, and those trails are nothing compared to what we were on out there. So, we definitely just weren't prepared. We were prepared to maybe go out on the road and run a race, but not for a trail like that. So, it's good to know for next time, but... Oh, I don't think there'll be a next time. So we're gonna do next stop. I mean, I mean, there will be a next. There will be another trail run or another ultra, but I don't think I'll repeat that one. I run it again. Not, not right now, anyway. I don't know. To just be like, well, you were kind of traumatized from yesterday, still. So you got yeah, some time. It's my own fault, though. If I would have. <clears throat> Just so you guys know out there, okay, you don't have to have freaking water to run a race, okay, man? Because I went from mile 17 to mile 23 with absolutely no freaking water. Huge shout out to the lady who finally found me at mile 23 and gave me some eight ounces of water that uh, made me at least last until I got to the aid station because it was 80 freaking degrees here in Florida yesterday during this trail race. And... Any of you that live in Florida or know anything about Florida is majority of the trails here are sand. And then this race specifically, what would you say? Probably like two and a half, three miles. Well, the the one loop that was almost three miles of just sand, but then the other trails throughout it, there was patches of like sand up here. I would say at least five miles worth of this 18 mile loop was straight say yeah. and then the burn is not even like it's not your freaking go to the beach type sand this is like the old redneck old rednecks went out there and it's jacked up side by side and dug up florida soil yeah. and it's all out there yeah but um definitely looking back our training we were prepared but um well let's kind of maybe go into yeah but you don't have to like you don't have to just, I mean, the training is a big aspect, but at the same time, like, a lot of it's just in you. It's like, you mentally, whether you can do it or not. I don't know, because mentally, I felt fine, and physically out there, 
I mean, I was just not doing the best. And I think if I had trained more for, like, even if we just went out to yeah. the beach and ran on the sand a few times or practiced when we're on hills for a long distance, I would have been more prepared. Because mentally, I knew I was going to finish that race. But physically, when I hit towards the end, I was... I feel like it's probably like a 70-30 ratio, like 70% mental and then the 30% it is the physical part. Because physically you have to be able to get there, but it, like if you're not there mentally more than physically, you're definitely not finishing the race or even attempt, like attempting to finish the race. Yeah. But I'm glad that was our first race because um, we showed up that morning. Um, what time did we get there? Like 6.30 in the morning. And everyone was hanging out, you know, getting ready. Um, I was nervous. I don't know about you, but I was starting to see everyone. I'm like, they look prepared. Like, they know what they look like. They know what they're doing. Like, they've yeah. done this multiple times before. And I'm like, well, I don't even know if I'm wearing the right thing, if my shoes are right. If so, but I tried. I, I felt some of those same things, but I also knew it. That's like a said. You know, like you do not want those thoughts to creep in your head, but it's the second you do, they're gonna eat you alive. But um, yeah, we got there six thirty, signed in, did all that good stuff, and honestly, I think my son was upset just for anticipation. So actually, you know you're running a far distance. I mean, it don't get in your head. Yeah. I don't think it ever really, like, clicked in my head until after that first loop. Because, okay, so got, the race was two 18-mile loop. Right, 18 miles. Mm-hmm. That's three. So. Well, well, it'd be like 18.5. I think 18.5. 18.54. Okay, so 8.54 is your 30K, and then 36.2 is 60 round. So this course that we were on was um, one 30K loop. And so for the 30K people, they did it one time, and then for the 60K people, you had to do the exact same loop two times. And... I mean, that's what that's what sucked the most, I think, too, really. It's knowing it helped you. It was a bit it was benefiting you, but it also sucked so bad knowing like like when I hit that last eight station and the lady was like, Oh, last eight station, last eight station. You're almost done. You're almost the one. And I'm like, no, lady, I got I gotta do this all over again. You know, like, no, nah, I'll see you again in about three hours, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. We started the race too, and it was it was pretty cold out. I mean, I think it was fifty eight, sixty degrees, so it felt good taking off. Um, and then I stayed with you and your friend till about almost two miles, and then you guys took off. But I knew I had to start slow because if I went off too fast, I wasn't going to finish how I wanted to, which I didn't anyways. But I think starting off. If I started off and tried to stick with you guys, I wasn't going to make it far, but... Yeah. Well, I have... Um, Deweese, that's who um, I had run with me. Deweese was freaking... He's definitely going to be on this podcast at some point, but he is... He was an animal. Mm-hmm. I had to slow him down multiple times. Make sure that... See, we get so far ahead, and I'm like, hey, dude, 
running a 705, bro. We got 33 miles to go. You might want to slow down. Yeah. But, um, he was so, he was, and he did great. He did, uh, he did amazing for his first race as well. So let's maybe go through like the 18 mile loop and talk about the different sections of it just so we have an idea. So, what, the first, I don't even know, three or four miles was, I was like, this is going to be easy if the whole thing's like. Yeah, so the fir- first three or four miles, you're looking at, um, just not kind of, hardball, but gravel almost, you know, harder ground. It's like dirt path. And then moving it to, um, uh, wooded area. Mile, yeah. And then you're going to hit mile four, which is going to be your first aid station. Well, actually, four. it was almost like five and a half because I wasn't expecting the first aid station to be that far out. But the first aid station was almost six miles into the race. So after that was kind of like the first part of the race because the terrain definitely changed after that first aid station. Because I, I just moved. I went right past that first aid station. I didn't even stop. But I should have because then you hit mile six through like almost mile 10 and it's just up and down like i've never seen hills like that in florida i mean you were just climbing 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 you drop a little bit you climb a little more and at that point it heated up like it was starting to get hot it was probably 70 something degrees outside and there was no shade up there when you were climbing the hills so that was i i started walking up Every uphill, I was walking it and kind of running the flats and downs because I knew I'd burn myself out. And I had no idea there was even hills in this race. So I didn't know how long they were going to last. And I knew we had the sand part coming up. So I was just trying to conserve some energy. Yeah. And then after those hills, you go right back in the woods, which that was kind of nice because it was pretty shaded both times that I went through there. And then um, once you exit those woods, you come out on the road there. You're gonna you're gonna hit your next aid station, and then you're gonna run a mile and a half down, turn left, and then once you turn left, <laughs> you know you're gonna, see an aid, you're gonna see an aid station that's huge, and it's huge for a reason because you're gonna want everything they got because you're about to hit what they call the berm. The berm is a two and a half mile loop. Of straight sand. I mean, it is thick. It's like ankle deep, sticky, wet sand. And yeah, so you you did that little lollipop there. It's funny though, because you can see like all the runners tried to stay on the same part of the sand because it was just getting more and more packed. Oh, you should have saw. I'm sure you could see the second loop. By the second time, it didn't look like a horse trail through there. Like it was. It was actually hard, compacted ground. And that's why, I think that's what that guy was trying to tell me when he was like, it's runnable, it's runnable. And like, that was the moment that Freddie, I was like, dude, shut up. You know, like, I don't care if it's runnable right now. I'm walking. Because at that point, you're at mile 20. Yeah. Yeah, so you're at like 20. Well, no, you're you're at mile like 27, 28. By oh, that's right. Yeah, you are. Because... Yeah, because mile 23 was my first aid station. Yeah, 28. Yeah, so 
Yeah, you're in like mile 28 or so. And at that point, once you're in the berm... Uh, it's a mental... Yeah, but before we go into that, we'll finish the layout of the course. So once you exit the berm, you're going to take a right. You'll go through some like woods again. And in any geographical feature you could think of in the state of Florida, that course at it 100%. Yeah, after the berm, you go through the Florida Trail. Yep, you go through the Florida Trail. And that had some sneaky little hills, and they were like sandy hills up yeah, there. Yeah, a lot of root. Yeah. I noticed there was a lot of root. That's where people were tripping and falling you know, in there. Rocks. I mean, um, then once you get through that, uh, you hit the Holy Grail <laughs> called the Creek. And uh, it's about waist deep if you go in in the deepest part. No, before you hit the creek, you got that hardball road for. Oh uh, yeah, so you, that's the only part of hardball yeah. that's on that race is. Uh, but it's about four miles of it. So it's a two mile section of the hardball, and then you go into a mile and a half of. Um, it's grass like land. Grass yeah, it's literally head high freaking sagebrush. But then yeah, I, then you hit sand again. And yeah. It, after the sand, you hit the freaking... The creek. The creek. And I mean... Scoot. Do you want me to get into how, what I did at the creek? Because <laughs> I thought I thought the the creek was maybe, maybe like calf deep. And the people in front of me started going around it. And so I was like, okay, I'll just go around it. And the guy behind me, I think he thought it was pretty shallow too. And he went to step in and he, I mean, head first. And it, it was probably oh, deep. He fell in... Like because he thought voluntary. Yes, he thought it was shallow, so he was running oh, into it, man. and like full on running, it just dropped off, and he like all of us did that same thing, face first into the waist deep water, and now I'm upset I didn't go through it because I feel like I didn't truly do the race, but I mean everyone in front of me that was an experience. Yeah, like that first. So my first time I went through the creek, I just dipped the ankles off. You know, like I mean, <laughs> Dewey's had told me before he was like, "Hey, man." Um, run that right side of it, and it's more. It's it's still deep, but it's not as deep as the left side. And I could see it. Luckily, with my glasses, I could see in the water and like tell that that left side was just a belly. You know, into that right side, you could kind of ankle deep run it. And so I got on that right side, and, and no joke, I mean that water was like taking an ice bath, mm -hmm. cold. And so my feet felt amazing, and I was like. I got to like seven. I think at that point you were like what seventeen and a half. No. Well, yeah, well once you get ahead, because right after the creek, you literally have one more mile. Yeah. So I was at like seventeen and a quarter to seventeen and a half. I think. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, "You idiot." Yeah. Like, yes, it would have sucked, but you should have went all in in that water. Cut her off. So that yeah, so that you could cool your muscle off. Because at that point, that's when the the fatigue started setting in and the muscles, and then I was out of water. Right, so that's where I realized I'm like, shoot, dude, you're out of water. This is not good. And then uh, crossed the finish line for the 30k marker, whatever, and then got one more lap to go. Did not realize they had an A station there. So that's where it says you got a little confused because it wasn't an actual like aid station, but the finish line was at where we registered and stuff. And under the canopy thing, yeah, had Gatorade, they had everything. I mean, everyone was stopping in there, so I guess you just had no one around you to see them like kind of veer off into their, yeah. Well, everyone I, th I saw veering off, I'm like, oh, those, those people are turkey, they're dumb, or and in my head, I'm like, so I had those stupid gummy bears in my, in my 
in my bag literally that I was running with, not in my drop bag. And dude, ounces turn into pounds. <laughs> like when you've ran that much, it's like this bag is getting heavy. You know, my shoulders were sore and I was like, I gotta dump these gummy bears off, but I didn't want to drop them at our chair that you had set up because I was like, well, crap, dude, I don't want them to think like I'm cheating or something. You know, yeah. this was just like first race jitters that we had. Yeah. But uh, I definitely did not want to drop those there. But but he was just trying to get rid of them, huh? Yeah, oh, honestly, yeah, because Elsa's turned to pounds. Like after mm-hmm. after that many miles, I was like, man, I've got to get rid of something in this bag. I was like, my water's empty. So I'm not carrying water weight. Something else is heavy in this. And I was like, it's got to be that bag of gummy bears. And I haven't even looked. I want to look and see how much they actually weigh because there's no there's no way they're more than a pound. But it was freaking, I was You know what I, I was was done with them. It was how much you were sweating and the pack probably soaked up all that. It was just heavy. Get well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my pack was white from salt after yeah. we were done. But yeah. It was hot. I mean, and then honestly, on that first lap, it was kind of pathetic that I only drank two liters of water, I think. Especially for me, for me personally, you know, like for me, I freaking drink a lot of water every day, like an unnecessary amount of water, realistically. So when we ran that 14 miles at the lower Hillsborough Loop, I mean, I think I was, I drank four liters that day Mm -hmm. and that was 14 miles. Mm-hmm. And then I go out here on this 18-miler in 80 degrees and only drink two liters within the first 17 miles. Well, like, I mean, I, I mean that's what we were talking about earlier. I mean, you made the mistake because you wanted to keep your pace, not stopping and actually, like, refueling and refilling your waters at the aid station because your mindset was like, okay, go get through this first lap when you should have been stopping and... I mean, yeah, I would, you'll talk about what happened in the second lap, but I think taking your time in the first lap would have paid off and you probably would have ended up evening out your time just because of right. what happened later on, just from not fueling right the first lap. Well, let's uh, let's take a little break and then we'll get into the second lap. All right. So, before we get into my race, let's... Uh, Dying into yours. Give me all the details that you could possibly think of from the process all the way up to the start line, to the finish, you know, what happened, stories in between, everything. Um, so like I said earlier, I've kind of started with you and Dewey's uh, just trying to stay with someone because you know me, I don't like to run alone like i i'm very big on like external motivation which there was a lot of out there which i'll get into but starting off the race and trying to keep up with you guys i was like i'm going too fast so i mean just right after it was probably mile half in mile and a half in that first little turnaround point i had my shoes too tight and my feet were numb and i was like i can't do the rest of this race like this so i had to stop retie my shoes and then we were under the impression that the eight stations out there would have bathrooms but that ended up end up being true so i kind of wasted a little time running back into the woods and doing that and then 
from there, I like I felt good. I was like vlogging on for my Snapchat story out there, just not even realize like because I was like about one through until I hit the burn, I was just kind of coasting. I mean, I felt good. Um, I did pass through that first aid station instead of stopping in something, which I do regret it just because. I didn't realize like how hot it would be on those hills just because we didn't know the course and how hot it would be so those hills is where I started being like okay here here's where it gets a little hard so I took a step back and I'm like because I took my goal was to just keep moving and I'm like if I read up all these hills I was looking down in my hurry and it was climbing like 170 180 trying to run up those hills so I kind of took a step back and decided to walk up the hills which a lot of us were doing out there is walk up the hills and kind of jog the flats in the streets but um yeah I kind of went through that part I really just didn't know what I was getting myself into I kind of feel like I had blacked out in a way like I was just in a zone running and everyone was out there everyone that passed anyone was cheering for you and saying good job keep going so I didn't even know what I was getting into I was just kind of running and then when I realized oh my gosh I still have a long way to go is when I hit the berm and you you could see from the signs and I saw people coming out of the berm that looked like they were about half dead yeah that's real discouraging isn't it yeah because you see people coming out of it and you're going into it and they look just dead and I was like oh no here we go and I never run on sand before and so I was way too ambitious from the start and I just took off through the sand and I didn't realize that there was like places where people had been running. And you were just like, you, you, I totally saw the sand and we were just like, hey, we're going for it. Yeah. I just started running through the sand and, um, I realized I, there was no one really in front of me, but there was people behind me. And the guy came up, a guy behind me came up and kind of went around me onto the path where people had already been running, which I was just in my own little world. I didn't even see where people had been running. So I was like, I should probably follow him because <laughs> it's harder. And then you get up on that and it's just like, it's still, I mean, even where it's a little more compact, like it's still your ankles are like trying to keep you stable. I was half falling over. The sun is beaming down. Um, and, you know, you try, you were like maybe trying to get around it by running up on the edges, but you can't even do that because there's, there's burrs and there's, I don't even know, thorns and high grass. So you can't even go around the sand. Like you can't cheat even if you wanted to. So I looked down and my heart rate is like through the roof trying to run it. And I knew at that point, because, the farthest I'd ever run was 12 miles. And when you hit the berm, you're at mile 10. And I knew it was a couple mile loop. And so I knew after the loop, I was going to be struggling. Because first of all, I'd never run farther than that before. But having this right before it. So I started like walking and I was shuffling. And there was this girl that came past me. And then this older man that I kept with like pretty much the entire race and so I was like I just gotta keep pacing with them so I kind of run a little bit and catch up to them because they were running like a very slow pace like they're probably running a 14 minute mile and I could almost walk and keep up with them so I would run up to them 
and then kind of walk and fall back a little bit and then run back up to them and fall walking back a little bit just because I had to conserve my energy. But then you come out of the berm and it's like the best feeling ever. I mean, you saw the pictures. I don't know if they got one of you coming out of it, but I looked half dead. I mean, my mouth was wide open. I was I was breathing pretty hard. So that eighth station is where I got the pickle juice. I mean... You can talk about your pickle juice experience, but I just, the whole race was just craving salty. And so when they said that they had pickle juice, I had never ran with it before. And so, or like drinking while running. And so I was kind of nervous to try something new, but I, I was desperate. I wanted something salty. So I was down in pickle juice, down in Coke, and then I took back off because I wanted to keep up with the people I was with on the sand. So took off through that and then that's when we hit the Florida Trail through that I was kind of cruising until I had hit the last aid station which I don't even know what mile that's at it's mile like 14 uh yeah yeah because you got four miles on the hard ball through the creek all that yeah so mile 14 coming up to that last aid station I was hurting like my hamstrings were starting to cramp like I was hot I was sweaty I like my feet were hurting. Well, also you're sick too. I mean, yeah, I you can see now like the sniffling and all. Yeah, I like was not at full energy. So my, hitting mile fourteen, fifteen ish. I mean, I hit my wall. So, but that aid station. I mean, you can attest to this. That woman that was running it. She had her cowbell, and she got so excited to see anyone coming off. And it really just like got my spirits up because she would run up and she'd be like what do you need what do you need and she was handing me pretzels and handing me Gatorade and so I ref I kind of took I probably was there for three minutes I kind of just took a breather and like got some energy in me because I was hungry at this point too like I hadn't really drank much during the race except for what I had at the aid station and I didn't eat the snacks I had on me because I had all sugary snacks and I just it was not going down while well. I wanted something salty so spent a little bit of time there and then excuse me and then take it off from there that's when you hit the hardball road and <clears throat> after running on sand and trails i mean it felt like you were running on concrete on that like on that trail and everything in me was cramping and this is where people started to pass me and i was like getting in my head i'm like well i can't stop but like I'm walking, I'm looking at my pace walking, and I'm like, I'm even slowing down walking. So mentally, I like, they had the pink ribbon markers along the road. So I would be like, okay, you're going to run to that second one down there. And once you make it there, you can walk for a little bit. And luckily, that part of the road was kind of still shaded when I went down it. And everyone, it was only shaded on the left side. So everyone was just like, <laughs> in a line running down that road. And I mean, I was almost crying. I was ready to be done because <laughs> yeah. I was just so cramped up. I was trying to like lift my knees up to stretch and it was just like cramping even worse. I remember, I remember when you text me. Yeah. I'm cramping up. And I was like, oh no. Yeah. Because, you know, even through all the training process and all that, it, you like, I knew that you cramp a lot. Yeah. And so I was like, man, this is like, I wrote in my head, I didn't want to let it get to my head too much. Yeah. Worry about you because that was one of my big things I struggled with was like worrying about you. 
I know, and I didn't want to text you because I knew you'd be worrying about me. But at the same time, like, I was trying to update you <laughs> what I'm doing. Because the pace I was at before I hit the hardball road, I would have been done it somewhere in between, like, three hours and 40 minutes and four hours if I just kept my pace I had the entire time. And I knew I was slowing down, so I didn't want you to worry that I hadn't crossed yet. But, um, made it down that road... That's when I saw the snake on the road is when it went from the hardball to like the sandy grassy area and there's all those holes everywhere. And when I hit that part, you can hear in the distance the finish line and them cheering. I was like, I gotta be getting close because I thought my watch was off. I thought I still had like miles to go because there was no service out there. I was like, my watch has got to be off. I'm, I don't feel like I've run this far. Um, and then I hit the creek, which I decided to go around. I regret that. If I would have known how cool the water was, I would have probably gone swimming in it. And I didn't know that I was one mile from the end because that was another thing. I was like, I don't want my feet to be wet if I'm running for another couple miles. But I didn't realize I was only one mile from the end. And then that last mile was just straight through that grass. And I was just kind of cruising because I, I could see the finish line and you can hear it. So I was like, this is, I'm going to run the last mile. So my run at that point was probably like a 13 minute pace i mean i was shuffling i couldn't even barely pick my legs up so yeah and then that was where my race ended but it was sad because i crossed the finish line and like no one was really paying attention like no one cheered for me and i was like hunter still like at the beginning of the next lap and um i mean i was struggling so i immediately went off and took off my calf sleeves and took my shoes off and tried to cool off a little bit and then check on you and see how you were doing but I, yeah, that was that was big on you you know like mm -hmm. finishing that point and then oh uh, you know not having anything there yeah take care of you or whatever like which we had the stuff and everything but but i had to like go to the car and get the you know cooler. yeah it made me like after my race, that was one thing that I thought about. Like, man, like they're here supporting me right now, but I wasn't there for when they finish. Yeah. And so it just kind of, you know, it was one of those things where, like, me personally, what? Speak. Well, you did it. Yeah. Far as I've ever ran by almost seven miles. So, awesome. and the fact that, I mean, we've talked about this since the race is like, 18 point whatever five miles out there is not 18.5 miles on the road like i could probably go run a road marathon easier than what i just ran on that trail just because of the terrain out there it's just it's so hard on your body like i think i ran like a a five hour and 45 minute marathon out there um according to garment so when i saw that that was kind of motivating to me i was like dude and that's how you put me on a road. You put me on a road course, a road course marathon, and like, yeah, I'm getting a sub five. You know, what I mean, like, that was one of those things. But uh, in a sub five marathon, for people that don't know, I mean, that's like, that's when you know you're okay. Like, you're not a bad, bad runner. <laughs> but uh, so I guess I get into my race. Um. Probably five miles in. So first, first one through four, me and Louise were cruising. I mean, mm -hmm. 
we were doing fine. Uh, um, five was five was big for me because of the conversation we started having, and uh, yeah, we were just super grateful to be out there and like enjoying God's country and like enjoying each other and talking to each other about life and um, actually talking about this podcast a little bit and like you know both of our future endeavors that we have and why why I felt the need to do what we're doing but uh so probably about mile eight maybe those hills right yeah it was like mile six through eight or nine yes yeah, so somewhere right in there's when we started to get some separation um I took a more conservative approach on the burner <laughs> which was walk more and not <laughs> because I knew that that was a Huge waste of energy. Hard on and and the fact that me and Dweezy just ran up the hills at like a nine minute pace the entire time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, by the time I hit the sand, I was like, dude, you just depleted your energy. Mm-hmm. We gotta we gotta quit this. And so I made the personal decision to slow down a little bit on the burn. And uh, so come out of the burn. And I had not hit an aid station the entire time. Wrong of me. Okay, I passed three of them. Didn't even slack up one time. Kept on, just kept on trucking. Um, I wasn't drinking the water that I needed to at all. But uh, I was more concerned on, like, we're finishing this thing, dude. Like, this is what we're here to do is finish it. But uh, I should have realized more that it is ultra marathon for a reason. It is not a walk in the park, right? Uh, so I get through the burn, and probably about mile sixteen, right? I hit that last aid station, and you know, huge shout out to all those people that were freaking there yeah. as those volunteers because they really were lifesavers, one hundred percent. But uh, one thing that kind of got under my skin was when they kept telling me I was almost done. And I'm like, no, dude, I'm not. Like, stop telling me that. Uh, so I let that get to me a little too much. See, I had the 60K tag still on it because I originally signed up for the 60K and dropped down. And they were like, we'll see you later. And <laughs> like, no, you're not going to see me later. I'm yeah. done. But that probably was hard being like, you're almost done when you're not. You're almost well, that last thing, though, is like, me and Deweese, we were up there. Mm-hmm. Like, like I told you, I think we were four and five for a, a while yeah. because we all the 30K people were by us because, yeah. you know, they were getting done a little quicker or whatever. But, um, and that also played with my mind a little bit because I, I kept seeing those guys and I'm like, man, am I running too fast? Mm-hmm. Like, am I doing this wrong? Why, why am I not seeing more 60K people? Yeah, like, am I going too fast right now? Um, but, Get to the creek, cross the creek, do the whole, the first loop, no problem, right? Like, I was, I was good, first loop. <laughs> and then, 17, no water, right? Yeah. 18, no water. 19, I'm like, I need to eat something. Because I, I started feeling like crap. And I'm like, I need to eat something. So, I tried this wonderful idea of, uh, like I told you, eating pretzels. And uh, 
just so you know, you cannot chew pretzels if your mouth is so freaking dry that it feels like sandpaper. So I actually, I ate two pretzels and then spit my third out because I could not swallow it. Mm. Um, I'm completely out of the both eight ounce electrolytes. Mm-hmm. And I hit mile 20 and I meet up with a woman by the name of Cassie, who is awesome. 100% like. Saved your life. I mean, I was praying to God during, like, during the whole race, I was praying, of course, like, give me strength, give me, give me strength, you know, and, um, I think I hit mile 20 with Cassie, and I was like, wow, like, she, she might be the person that helps me out here, you know, as far as, men, like, not mentally, but physically, because I needed someone to help me physically keep running. Because at this point, I'm like a run, and then I walk. But I walk for a lot longer than I was going. <laughs> yeah. I think my, like, mile 20 pace, like, my mile time for that was, like, 27 minutes, if that tells yeah. me how much I walk. Well, and from my perspective, I had finished my race probably 30 minutes before, so I was kind of relaxing, waiting to hear updates from him. And I get a text from you, and it's like, I'm not doing good. I'm out of water. Um, my stomach's not okay. The next aid station is three miles up and I'm freaking out. Thank you. Yeah, that, that's at mile 20. Yes. So 18 and 20, I stayed with Cassie. We were doing uh, four ones. So yeah. one minute run, one minute walk, one minute run. And she left. Like I ran out of water and the cramping started and the cramping was like horrendous cramping. Um, my abdomen was cramping, my back was cramping, my quads were cramping, and my calves were cramping <laughs> all at the same time. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I gotta stop for a second. And I, I think that's when I text you and I said, I'm gonna stop and take a seat yeah. for a second. And, and, I, and I'm like, he does not do that. Like something's really wrong with him. And I had no service out there to like get a hold of him. And I was like, well, if something happens to him out there, like there's not a lot of 60K people still out there or like around you. What am I going to do? Like how is someone going to see if he needs help? So I'm freaking out. Yeah, I watched. Um, So I sit down and I had a really really deep moment with myself like i was in a dark place that i have not been in a long time and it wasn't mentally it was all physical and i told myself i'm like all right dude these are your two options cassie told me she was like there's an aid station three miles down if you can just make it there and so she continues on and i watch three three other people come by me and they're going down to this loop, and it'll loop around, and they'll come back right to where I'm at again. And I was like, okay, when those three people get back over here, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to try and chase them. That's my. That's what I'm going to do, is I'm just going to chase them every second that I can. And I told myself, I was like, dude, you got two options here. You can either get on this road and walk it back to the finish line, which is 80 miles away. 30 miles, yeah. You're- or you can go to this next aid station that's three miles away. Yeah. You know, and at that point, for me, I was like, man, it's time to either, you're either going to buck up or shut up. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and all of these thoughts in my head were flowing through of like, this is not who you are. This is not what this is going to be. Like, you know, 
who's a man, right? Like that, that's what was in my head. I was like, you got to go, man. This is not, this is not you. This is not what we're going to be. And I'll never forget this guy. It was the third runner in that line that I'd watched run by me previously. When he ran by me the second time, he said, hey, man, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm okay. He said, good, because everyone's hurting right now. And, dude, when he said that, it probably fires you up. Oh, man, you don't even know. I was like, dude, I, I, I want to punch you in the freaking face right now, but... uh thank you <laughs> you know yeah thank you like i needed that and so he said that and 10 seconds probably went by and i got up locked up really tight like cramping but my hips were good and i knew if my hips were okay like the pain wise in my hips i was like okay if it went away by me sitting it's probably not realistically it's not a stress fracture then yeah you know like it's just my bones, like, they haven't gone this far. You're not for this moment. You're just hurting. Yeah, I wasn't injured. I was hurt. Yeah. Right? And so that's when I texted you and I said, hey, or I called you, I think. You called me. I said, hey, I'm going to go to this next aid station. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take it aid station by aid station. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to finish this race. And so that's what I did. I went to the next aid station and I got there and... The lady knew. She knew. She literally, she was like, please tell me you're the one without water so I can get you water. And I was like, oh, God, I'm so glad to see you. And she was like, where do you want your water? Where do you want your water? You want a cup of water? And I was like, no, I need you to fill this whole two liter bag up, please. And she was like, okay, perfect. They just filled up the gallon cooler right here anyway. And so she fills up my cooler while I'm trying to eat. Whatever I can, whatever sounded good at that moment. I don't really recall at that aid station specifically what I ate. I think I grabbed an orange. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, this orange. Oh, you look so good right <laughs> And uh, these two guys came up behind me. One was named Tom. And man, I want to say the other guy was Zach, but I'm sorry. Like, I don't remember his name specifically. I mean, you were out of it. But that those two guys right there. I told him after the race, I was like, y'all are godsend, 100%, because they started giving me electrolyte tablets. They started, you know, really making sure, motivating me, really. That's all they were. And, you know, man, I'm not a big external motivated type person, but like, it was, they weren't motivating me by external motivation. They were giving me my own self motivate. Like seeing that guy, I, was, yeah. I can't, you know, I me personally i was like i cannot i cannot let just let people go by me like this like i can't i didn't want to be last and i didn't want to quit i knew those were my two things that i i said from the very beginning yeah and um so they helped me out graciously like everyone that that race does and i took off to the next aid station she told me she said it's two and a half miles i'll see you there because she was working that next aid station too she was going to pack up from that one in New Vaughn because they were strategically every, yeah. as soon as the last runner came through, they were cleaning up that aid station, moving to the next, getting ready to clean it up, right? So I get there and it was a hard two and a half miles. Like, because it's still sand. It was a little bit of walking, uh, some running, but I got there 
And I remember I said, dude, you got 10 miles to go, bro. And you were texting me. You're like, I'm at the burn. And so I'm like timing in my head. I'm like, okay, you should be through it at this time. Moving on to the next aid station. Because I wasn't getting really much from you, but I was looking at the clock. I was figuring out. I wanted to text you so much. But, but I was energy. Yeah, I knew wasting any, any energy that I had was useless. And I knew that no matter what, I love you to death, but I could not have talked to you in that moment. Like, I mm -hmm. needed true grit from the inside, and that's it. Well, I didn't want like any external factor to flow in. Yeah, you know, like me being on the other side and knowing you were hurting and me worrying something was going to happen to you and having no contact. I was like, oh, I was, freaking out. I promise you. Like, I remember texting my, our family group chat with my mom, my dad, yeah. my brother, and you in it at mile 23. And I was like, or I was at 24. And I literally said, this is the worst pain I've ever been in my entire life. Yeah. And it was that, like, all the things that I've gone through in life, I will say by far yesterday, that race was probably one of the toughest. Yeah. You know, as far as physical. Yeah. Mental, no. Physical, yes. Because mentally, you just know you have to make it to the finish. You just have yeah. to keep running. There's no game. You gotta keep going. There's no tricks and no games. You already went through a lot. Once you just have to know you have to make it around. All you got to do yeah. is push forward. Mm -hmm. And so I get to the burn, and I knew. I said, look, man, you ain't got the energy to run this. Yeah. But I hit that burn, and there was a lot of the sun. I said, screw this. <laughs> I said, that's when I came up with it. You know, I was doing the pink flag thing, like, yeah, you know, because I saw those two guys, the two guys that gave me the electric tablets or whatever, electrolyte tablets, they uh, they started cramping up on the mountain, on the hill. Mm -hmm. And I told them, I said, hey, man, one pink flag at a time, baby. One mm -hmm. pink flag at a time. But when I hit the burn, the burp doesn't have too many flags, but no. I self-explanatory. Yeah. So when I hit that berm, I had to do an own self-evaluation. And I said, you know what? We're going to do one spot of shade at a time because I am not sitting in the goddamn sun. Yeah. So every shade, I would walk. Every sun I hit, I would run. And uh, battled hard in the berm with a lot of stuff. Got through it. And from the berm on... You know, at, at mile 23 at that first aid station, I said, okay, we're going to go aid station to aid station. Mm -hmm. Then when I hit that second aid station, I said, okay, you got 10 miles to go, bro. You're going to hit the berm. The berm is the goal now. Once you hit the berm, the creek. And once you get to the creek, bro. You're done. You're one mile out. That's the creek Chad Wright says. You're one mile out. Mm -hmm. right? Like that's, that's where the race is won right there, yeah. you know. And so get through the berm. Run through the woods there. A lot of walking. I'm I'm honestly like, you know, me personally, mentally, I'm a little upset that I walked as much as I did. But me thinking of my physical state, yeah, I'm okay with with what I walk. And you were moving forward. I mean, you didn't like stop and just lay on the ground and give up. Like you were walking. You were yeah. moving. And so. I got to that last aid station, and those gracious people were amazing. <laughs> They're the best. Freaking gave me a banana. I got all kinds of food, you know, water, Gatorade, pickle juice, 
pickle juice is not so good with my stomach the entire race, but I just kept on chugging it, and I was cramping so freaking bad. And uh, then I got on that hardball. And Where I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I went down to a knee a couple times on that hardball. And because of the pain, like my knees and hips were shot. Mm-hmm. And I just kept telling myself, where you got to get up? All you got to do is get up and move. Because the longer you sit out there, the longer it is before you get back, you know? It's like... That, okay, so ironically, that never crossed my mind. Really? No. That's what I was thinking about. I was like, well, the faster I go, I mean, the faster I'm going to be done. If I'm sitting out See walking, that? it's more time on my feet. I could be back and laying on the grass. I didn't even think... I, <laughs> my thought process was push forward. Just take it one step at a time. And that's how low I had gotten, honestly. like yeah. I had hit that point of physical low where it was like one step at a time man and i hit my knees a couple times like literally kneeling down and contemplate like contemplating with myself like yeah that way you can't quit you're literally three miles from the end i mean right and I, that's what i kept telling myself i'm like man once you hit that 10 mile mark <laughs> you run 10 miles every day like yeah. any day you know, yeah. and so that's what helped me out towards the end was after the burn. I knew I was like, these miles are easy. Yeah. It's all downhill. Just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Just soak it all in. I will say that the second lap, I noticed a lot more scenery than I did the first time. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I hit the grass where you saw the snake or whatever. And, you know, I'm terrified of snakes. <laughs> I'll be the first to tell you I hate them. I saw the snake holes and everything, and I'm running. And I remember I saw this pile of green. That's all I saw. And I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) That's a snake. And that boost of adrenaline, (laughs) I just took off. I ran by it, come to find out it was blades of grass. (laughs) But uh, the adrenaline helped me. Because then I hit the sand right before the creek. And that sand was tough and it sucked so bad. But in front of me, at this point of the race, in front of me, I see the blue shirt guy who had just told me at mile 23, pretty much, hey, bro, quit being a JJ. We're all hurting right now. Pick up your crap and rolling, right? I saw him and I was like, that's my guy. You know, I was like, He's the reason that I am at this point in this freaking race. Like, no, he's not the one that did the miles, but he's the one that, you know, pretty much shot it time real. You know, yeah, he's told me like, hey, quit being freaking weak. And um, And at this point, I I kept up with him. My find my was tracking your phone. So I was with Deweese and I was like, he's at the grass. So I'm going to the finish line and try to see you. And because I know, yeah, and I, so I saw him, I saw him walking and I'm like, I'm catching that guy. <laughs> I will catch that guy no matter what it takes. Because he, I mean, that guy that was in front of you, he didn't like, usually when people see the finish line, they take off running because they're so excited. He couldn't, oh, he didn't, he couldn't even run. Oh, boy had been walking for a hot Yeah, he, he had to have been, been, right? But much respect to him, he finished. He finished. But he was my factor. Yeah. I, you know, everyone sometimes gets that factor of like burn inside yeah. of you of like me being competitive. I'm like, I want to beat you. Yeah. I want to beat you in the ground. 
but and that's not really the mindset out there so it's like it's not how it was portrayed though that's just me internally i didn't portray it publicly that way because i was happy for that guy and um speaking of that guy before i get to the finish of the race is like i saw him across the grass field mm -hmm. you could have probably heard me screaming at the finish line and said hey hey man we heard you yelling at him we heard y'all talking i said thank you brother mm -hmm. he was like why what he was like what and i was like you're the, you're the reason i freaking made it right here y'all like thank you for what you said to me back there on mile 23 yeah and you know, he might not even have recognized what he had said. He might not have remembered. But I knew that I needed to thank him personally because I knew that that was my factor. But uh, right before I hit the creek, I almost cried. I had an emotional high. When I hit that creek, I knew. Wow. I was like, bro, this is what we've been waiting for. <laughs> the second lap, that is all we have been looking forward to is that creek. Yeah. And so I got in the creek <laughs> and not just getting the creek with my little ankles, right? No, I mean, I went deep, base deep off in the creek, took my legs, shook the muscles like with the cold water to loosen them up. And I just, I ran the last mile. I knew in my head, all I could think was, you're a mile away, dude. Don't stop. Do not stop. Yeah. Don't walk. We're not going to walk. You're one mile away. Give it all you got. Yeah. And I could see you running through. And I couldn't I couldn't even watch you. I, I turned to Dewey's and I was like, I can't look at him. Like, it's going to make me cry seeing him in that much pain. And also, I was just so proud of you because I knew how much pain you were in. And to see you running through that finish line, like, it was just too much. <laughs> yeah, the pain was unreal. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, people will probably listen and be like, whatever. I've, I've ran 100 miles. It's not that bad. I ran 50 miles. Not that bad. So, let me tell you something. Every race is completely different. Yeah. Anyone that has ever raced before will tell you that. Yeah. And what your body does in any particular race can be completely different than ever before. Yeah. Like, I have never felt that way during a run before until yesterday. You know? And so... I don't know. I maybe it was just you know. Uh, it could be something because the advance is like not drinking enough water the day before. Yeah, and, like eating the wrong meal the night before, and not having like it could be something as simple as that that t carries into the next day and just ruins not ruins the race, but makes it that much harder. Like how many how many people? Okay, let's let's take you know Sally McRae for instance, dude. She quit her first hundred miler. Mm -hmm. You know, and look at her now. She just freaking knocked out all five of the 200-mile races. And it's like, yeah, 200 miles is a lot different than my 36, right? But at the same time, when you look at the the aspect of it, it's like your mindset. Because when I was at that mile 23, it, it crossed my mind for the first, probably the first time in about 10 years of my life where I was like, I, quit. I could quit. Yeah. Which I, I never said the word, because if you say the words, that's poison. You're done if you say it. But I was like, if I even asked myself, I said, if you quit, how detrimental will it be? I was like, what are the long-term effects if you quit right now? 
And I thought of you. I thought of my family. Um, I thought of all the people that knew that I was doing this. You know, I thought about this freaking podcast that just just now doing the first episode too, right? Like, I was like, how can you be, how can you tell someone to do something but not do it yourself? You know, how how can you be hypocritical? And I was like, no matter how much pain you're in right now, dude, like, you gotta go. It's gonna be, it's gonna be over. <laughs> you gotta get through it. You're going to be able to sit on top of the mountain at the end. And sure, dude, you might or just lay on the towel at the end. <laughs> yeah. You might have to go to the hospital, but hey, <laughs> you told your brain what to do. Yeah. You know? And yesterday, it wasn't so much telling my brain. It was telling my body. I mean, I remember two or three times I looked at my legs and I'm like, hey. Wake up. Keep going. <laughs> y'all, y'all need to get with the program. Yeah. Here. Because, you know, mind is good, heart is good. I need the other aspect, which is the physical body. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I've never, never, ever in a million years been so close to quitting something. I mean, even some of the things that I've done before this, like, we won't go into detail or anything like that because of certain reasons, but none of those, those were mental, you know, like physical wasn't as bad. Whereas this race was straight up like this physical hardship mm-hmm. for me, but it's a life preparation and, and you know, you can do anything you freaking want to. Yeah. No matter, no matter what anyone tells you, you can do anything you freaking want to. You might die at the end of the day, but you can keep going. If that's really what you, if it's really a desire that you have in your heart and mind, you can go. Yeah. And so, because I, I, you're not going to bullcrap me. I'm very, like, I've come to that point to where it's like, you're not going to tell me that you couldn't do it. You know, like you put it. Even the physical amount of pain that I was in yesterday. I'll be quite frank. I was actually pissed off with myself to not be able to run where Deweese ran. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I questioned myself multiple times on like, Bro, how are you this freaking weak? You know, how? How can you not push yourself harder right now? And at the end of the day, that's what it boils down to is how bad you want it, how hard you want to push. And then, you know, the the water aspect, it hurt me a lot. It really, really hurt me a lot. I mean, you saw as soon as I sat down after I finished, my body was shivering, locking up, cramping everywhere. Yeah. You know, you pull my sock off and then my toe, my, my entire foot bent over cramping. So, hindsight 2020, we're going to hydrate. So. Well, and that's like, 
I mean, you don't want to say it to your face, but coming out of the finish line, you were the worst off person I've I've seen come off that course. Like everyone else looked like it was just kind of a walk in the park. And those people have probably done multiple and they know how to fuel and know what their body's going to do after. But I mean, we don't even know what's the farthest you've ever ran. I mean, you could have topped your PR by 18 miles out there. I mean, you didn't know your body was going to react like that. And you got off and your whole body was crammed up, shivering. And uh, we just went to work trying to figure out what you needed and what we could do to kind of yeah, get you like, back up on like your feet. Cassie, Cassie even told me, she was like, yeah, you probably should have ran at least a marathon before this. Yeah. Like, uh, maybe I should have, but I'm so glad that I didn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? It really pushed your body to its limit. You know your limit. And... Exactly. You know, yeah. like, I know that without a shot of a doubt, when you're in that bottom rock pit, you can freaking climb out. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like I would have never got that humbling experience from that race if I would have ran a hardball marathon. No. Because I would have came out arrogant. Oh, yeah, I can do that. That's so easy. Yada, yada. I did my first marathon sub five. Da, 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 right? Like some freaking goober. And then you get into that race. And, you know, who's to say I wouldn't have ran it just fine? But... Who's to say I would have got to mile 26 and be like, man, this is so much harder than what I did before. <laughs> you know? You know what I mean? Like, when I told you, I told you, I think it was this morning that, like, yeah, those people finish and they seemed like it was a walk in the park, but it's so much more rewarding to see how bad you were struggling and how bad you were hurting and you walk through that finish line. Like, that is way more rewarding. No, but, like, go through the finish line. You know what I mean? And that's, like so much more rewarding than it being easy like yeah eventually one day it is going to be easy for you but you're always going to look back on that very first race you did be like if i can make it through that i can do whatever because yeah that's what that i don't envy point. Point. i don't envy deweese and his time oh. because at some point i love him to death literally one of my top five best friends all right jeremy deweese great man Always will be. But in one of these races, <laughs> he's going to hit that same point. That you did. So I'm kind of glad in a way that I hit mine on my first race. <laughs> so then by the second race, I'm like, hey, Jimmy. <laughs> that 100 mile like, like, going to run. <laughs> hey, Jimmy, I'm like, you keep on running, okay? I'm going to drink some more water right here and then I'll catch up with you, you know? But I know at some point he'll hit it. And at some point you'll hit it. Yeah. You know, and everyone else that's ever going to run these things. Yeah. At some point, they're going to hit that same rock bottom. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm going to be honest, I didn't hit a rock bottom on that race. Yeah, I was hurting, but I didn't hit a mental point where I thought about quitting. And I think, like, yeah, if I, I physically could not have done, physically or mentally could not have done that 60K, first of all, being sick and second of all just not training like i can't just run a 12 miler and think i can run 36 not out there and not after seeing how the first loop was so i didn't hit rock bottom but i know i'm gonna hit it because definitely they're right when you run one you kind of want to keep doing it it's addicting i'm like okay so what's the next race we can do definitely not looking forward to doing it on that trail again but i mean it's so rewarding to cross that finish line and think i never thought i would have done that 
I never thought I'd be able to run more than 10 miles in my life, let alone run 18 on a trail. So. And that, that was, you know, that's also, that's my whole point and what I want this to be. This podcast, the outreach that we have, like I was telling Dweeze yesterday, like, if the Apostle Paul had a freaking podcast, you know how many people he would have touched? So if this thing only reaches five, I'm good with that. You know, like, when you're sitting there and you're thinking, it might be as simple as going to get a freaking jaw interview. And you're sitting there thinking, I can't do that. You know, you you have to push yourself to that point of like, what else are you gonna freaking do, man? You know? You're just gonna sit in the dark shadows all day. You know what what happens if look at both sides of everything? All right, I don't, I don't, you know, the job interview. I don't go look at the job interview or I don't go to this job interview. Well, I'm for sure not going to get hired. I probably just ruined that relationship because I didn't show up for it. And that opportunity is out the window. Versus if you go, even if you don't do good, guess what happens? That guy's probably going to look at you and he's going to say, listen, man, I don't think right now is the time. Uh, we're going to keep your resume on file. We'll get back to you if we need to. Okay, that's, hey, at least the bridge is there. Don't burn it completely. All right, in best case scenario, you get the job. So, you can't have reward without the risk. You know, you can't, Mentally, you cannot grow. There's no growth in your mentality whatsoever without adversity either. It goes both ways. If something's easy, it's not child. You're in where you're going, so. Exactly. There's no growth in it. There's no humility. There's no wisdom from it. So it's like, do the things that are hard. Do the things that no one wants to freaking do. Mm. Do the things that when people look at you, they're like, hey, man, you're freaking crazy. Like, there's no way I would do that. Like, yeah, dude, dang right, I'm freaking crazy. Like, if I want to be a freaking psycho. Like, if I knew I could run 10 miles and I signed up for 5K, like, what is that going to do for me? I knew I could run 12 miles, so let me sign up for 18 and push myself to that point. And that's exactly what you did, too. I mean... And now it's okay. What's the next? What's the next goal we can hit? Well, that's like I mean, my entire family. Mm-hmm. You know, they they don't have any sort of. I mean, as far as I know, like as far as I'm thinking, I'm not downplaying anyone, but not a big physical aspect there of of challenges. You know, physical challenges that they've been a part of. I couldn't tell you one of them that's ran even a five k. Let's have them to be honest. You know, and it's like, that is a generational curse that my family has. And I'll be the first one to say it because there is no freaking growth with that crap. Every single day they do the same monotonous cycle 
That's why I got out of the county that I'm from, is it's the same monotonous cycle every freaking day and every year. And they do the same crap over and over. It's like, you can't grow like that. You know, you, you have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations in order to grow. Diamonds form under pressure, right? Everyone has always heard that their whole life. In some aspects, it's the same with life. Like you have to, you have to separate yourself, which my parents did a great job when I was a child of that. Like my parents were not going to allow me to grow into something that was not a positive outcome, right? But you have to be able to push yourself and take leaps of faith. Because without that leap of faith, you know, put it all in God's hands, in God's timing, and it'll work out. But it also, it starts with you, right? Like, you know, it's like that old joke or whatever where the guy's out the ocean drowning and he's praying to God, God, please save me, please save me. And then a boat comes by and the guy's like, hey man, do you need some help? And the guy that's in the water says, no, I'm okay. God's going to save me. So the boat drives off. He sits there for two more hours. And then another boat comes by. Hey man, you need some help. No, I'm okay. God's going to save me. And then the guy sits out in the water a little longer. He's like, God save me. God save me. God save me. I can't do this no more. I can't do this no more. Guy drowns. He drowns, gets to heaven. And he asks God. He's like, God, I prayed to you. I happy. And God's like, hey man, I sent you two boats. You know, like. Yeah. At some point, you have to recognize that there are paths that you have to take on your own, and there's leaps that you have to jump into not knowing. And it might be the wrong choice. Yeah. You know, like, that. I've made plenty of the wrong choices. But at the end of it, you look back, and you gain all that wisdom. And you're like, you know what? I just learned a freaking ton from the whole. And I know that's not what I'm going to do again. And this is not where God wants me to be right now. So I'm going to go in the complete opposite direction of this to where I know this is probably where I should be. But any more questions? Just hopefully people listen to this take a leap. It doesn't have to be a run, but do something that you don't think you'd be able to do. Yeah. And do for sure. Even if it's something as simple as going to the freaking gym. Day. Or not even every day. Three days a week. Three days a week. Start waking up earlier. Start praying more. Start doing something that is going to benefit you in the long run. And I hope it does. So we'll see. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach out at freaking the Rugged Souls Podcast yeah, at gmail.com. And uh, maybe your questions can be put on the next podcast as long as they're appropriate. But uh, I think that's it for the first one. Yeah, we're excited.